Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we'll begin at verse number 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 6. Um, I'm not asking you to do it now, but it's been a while since you've read this entire chapter. I'd encourage you to do that sometime soon. In this chapter, the Apostle Paul talks about the enticing words of man's wisdom. He talks about the demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure what's going on with the microphone. Amen. The demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. But then he says this in uh, verse number 6. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. So look at me for a moment before we read the next verse. What, what Paul is saying here is that he does have wisdom to give, wisdom to impart, but it's not wisdom that he received from other people. It's, it's not the wisdom of man or the wisdom, as it says, of this age. That word age there is referring to not just the era in which he lived, but this word is translated other places as world. So the wisdom of this age, the wisdom of this world. We see that mankind has figured some things out. You understand what I mean by that? I mean, we, 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 we have, um, as Paul said in, in, in the book of Acts, you know, like groping around, feeling around in the dark. Um, we, we have you know, figured out how to survive, I guess you could say. But Paul said, when I came to you to speak to you, I didn't come with enticing words of man's wisdom. I did come with wisdom, but not the wisdom of this world or the wisdom of this age, um, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. And we could maybe say it this way in our way of communicating. Um, it leads to nothing. You know, or how about this? Uh, it's not going anywhere. You, you, you ever, you know, got caught up in trying to solve a problem or do something and, and just weren't making any progress, no results whatsoever. And so much of what this world, you know, is, is calling, you know, how to live and the way we should live and, and this sort of thing, um, it'll never get you where God has for you to go. It'll, it'll never support the life that he created you to live. The wisdom of man and living your life according to man's wisdom uh, will never get you to the place that Father God has for you to go, the place that he has for you to occupy. So what is the wisdom then that Paul speaks? Verse seven, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Now, this is important because 
Paul is, is drawing a line of separation here. On one side, you have the wisdom of, of man, the wisdom of this world. But on the other side, you have something completely different. Something that didn't originate from the hearts of men. Something that, that you know, didn't come from the school of hard knocks or trial and error. But it's something that came directly from God himself. And Paul said, this is the wisdom that we speak. This is the message that we bring. These are the ways of life and living that we're here to teach you about and tell you about. And I'm not going to go back and look at the verses, but just to build on what we've been looking at in Matthew 13, this is exactly what Jesus did. Jesus came to reveal wisdom and mysteries uh, to us that had been kept hidden from the foundation of the world. And yet the Bible says he spoke that hidden wisdom, um, those mysteries uh, in parables. He packaged them in simple to understand stories and then told those stories to people to convey wisdom that did not originate upon the earth, but originated from God. James 3 says that it's wisdom from above. Wisdom from above. Isaiah 55 says, in the same way precipitation falls from the sky, a higher place down to the earth uh, beneath it, um, so shall the word of God be that comes out of his mouth. It comes to us from above, down to us here on the earth. Now, contained within this word uh, mystery is, is the idea of something that is a secret. Amen. Can you keep a secret? <laughs> I think that's a, a sign of, of growth and maturity. You know, uh, obviously, you know, children and, and things sometimes, you know, you don't tell them certain things because they have a hard time keeping a secret. Amen. But am I the only one that enjoys being in on a secret? you know, where we know something that somebody else doesn't know or doesn't know yet. Um, let's say maybe uh, somebody has, a, uh, I know when Pam turned 50 in February, we had a, a surprise party for her. And, um, and, and it was kept a secret, uh, amazingly so. Um, uh, so there's something about, you know, being in on something that not everybody is in on. And and we see that Father has information, and that's to say it very loosely. It's not just information, it's wisdom that comes straight from Him, straight from His heart that has been kept secret that very few people know, that, that very few people uh, have understanding of. Amen. Now, it's not because Father doesn't want people to know it. It's not that He doesn't want people to understand it. But there's a certain attitude of heart that's required, amen, in order for God to be able to reveal it to you or show it to you. Notice in verse 6, it's still up on the screen. He said, we speak the wisdom, uh, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Again, notice there's a certain maturity that's that's required you you do realize and those of you who have children 
You know, there are certain things you do not tell your children when they're five that you would tell them when they're 14. Things you would not tell them when they're 14 that you would tell them when they're 22. Right? Because again, there's, there's a maturity, there's a, there's a development. Before Jesus went to the cross, He looked His disciples in the eyes and He said, there's still so many things that I have to tell you, but you're not in a position to bear it. You, you, it's, it's, it's stuff that's way over your head right now. But don't be disheartened. The Holy Spirit's going to come. And, and when He comes, He's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. So there were things that Jesus wanted to tell those who were closest to Him. But they didn't have the maturity yet to take that wisdom and, and run with it, you know, to, to do something with it. It's not just what you know, it's what you're able to do with what you know. Wisdom is not understanding and knowledge. It's different from knowledge and understanding. Knowledge is pieces, understanding is connected the pieces together. Wisdom is to be able to take that picture and, and apply it to your life in a practical way. Wisdom is always about results. If you want to just kind of you know, stick a bookmark in your mind to remember the difference between knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Remember, the key difference between wisdom and the other two is that wisdom is always results-oriented. It's always about getting a result. It's always about, you know, producing something, a tangible, measurable, verifiable difference in your life, in someone else's life, in some situation. So therefore we could say all change is a, you know, is a, is a result of wisdom. If, if, if you're looking for things to change in your life this morning, if you're, if you're you know, struggling in some area that you're wanting different results in that area than you've been getting in the past, we need wisdom. Wisdom is the vehicle. Wisdom is the means by which better and different results are produced in our lives. So if you take just that simple understanding, do you see how the wisdom of this world, or what we call man's wisdom, the best it's going to be able to produce is man's results. But God's wisdom, on the other hand, His wisdom will produce His results. And remember, there's nothing impossible for Him, and there's nothing impossible for those who put their faith in Him, who believe. Amen. So I'm not telling you this this morning to frustrate you. I'm telling you this to encourage you. That, that you know, th things can change, but it's, it's not just, you know, because we want it to change so bad. Uh, wanting it to change is important, but just desire alone for change will never produce change. If we want better and different results, we've, we've absolutely positively must have better and different wisdom. Let me, let me say it another way without just being too... Uh, up front this morning, I guess, or, or, you know, I'm not trying to, again, turn you off or offend you, but the results you're getting right now are a direct reflection of the wisdom that you have right now. Amen. Amen. So, he says, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. He goes on to say that if they had known this, um, verse 8, that they would have not, uh, if they'd have known the wisdom of God as it pertains to the result of our salvation, right? Had the rulers of this age knew it, um, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So again, you see, this was something that was hidden not just because 
God is God and He can hide it, but it, it was hidden uh, on purpose. As I like to say, hidden from those that He did not want to have access, but the same wisdom hidden from them has been hidden for you and me. And the Old Testament says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it's the glory of kings to search it out. Now notice the direct tie-in here um, with verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. So Father, God has concealed it, not from you, but for you. But if we're going to, to receive the benefit from this wisdom that has been hidden for you, it's going to require some effort on our part to, to search that wisdom out. Let me say it another way. There, there are absolutely things that you and I must do if we're ever going to see this wisdom, understand this wisdom, and, and, and benefit from it. Now, I don't know when, but we're going to at some point come back maybe and talk about that word glory in greater detail. But to help you best understand what he's saying here, He's talking about you living your best life. He's talking about you fulfilling your potential. You have a purpose. You were created for a purpose. You have an assignment. You're not here randomly. You're not the luck of some genetic draw. The Bible says, Father knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And you have a destiny to fulfill in His kingdom. A destiny that none of us can fulfill apart from His wisdom operating in and through our lives. Again, we talked about a lot of these verses last Sunday night. But the, the Bible says that in all of your getting, then get wisdom. Because wisdom is the principal thing. And that's P-A-L, principle, ending in P-A-L, meaning the most important. If it's the principal thing, it literally means it's the one factor above all others that has the greatest influence on the outcome. The principal thing is the one factor above all other factors. There may be many different factors, but the principal factor, the principal thing, is the one thing more than all the rest that has the most to do with how it turns out. So he, said, he identifies for us in the Scriptures that wisdom is the principal thing and that in all the things we go after in life, in all of your getting, get wisdom. In other words, we try to get a new car. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. We, there's a, a better job, things that we pursue. Please, if you think I'm speaking negatively about that, I'm not. We should, um, you know, pursue those kinds of things. But he's saying, if wisdom is the principal thing, you shouldn't pursue money over wisdom. Are you, are you, in other words, is, wisdom, is money a factor in life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Money's not the root of all evil. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all either. Father doesn't mind you having money. He doesn't want money having you. Amen. It's a tool. It's all it is. It's a tool. In a lot of ways, you could even say in our world, money is influence 
Amen? And so we, we need the money in order to have the influence. And if you think it's God's will for all Christians to be broke, you're wrong. It's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible just simply doesn't support that. So is money a factor in how things turn out? It is a factor. Is it the principal thing, though? No. 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 Is having good transportation a factor? Yes. Having you know, a nice place to live, is, is that a factor in life? All of these things absolutely are factors, but they're not the principal factor. They're not the principal thing. The principal thing is wisdom. You realize there's a lot of folks have a lot of money. They don't have any wisdom, and, and, and money is a curse to them. It's not a blessing to them. They, 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 they have ulcers because they're afraid somebody's going to steal what they've worked so hard to get, blah, 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 right? So again, I, I, don't wanna, I think you got that already. But I'm, I really just am asking the Holy Spirit this morning to help us all give the wisdom of God the place of pursuit and, and respect and, and, and uh, seeking after that it deserves in our lives. He said it's the principal thing. I've said this over and over, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, it's even in the book. Amen. Um, faith is really important. Is faith the factor? It's absolutely a factor. Absolutely a factor. But see, you've got a measure of faith. We need the wisdom to take the faith we've been given to produce the results that we need. So we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, for your benefit, for your prosperity, for, for your increase, for your promotion. For you and me to be able to live our best lives. Well, I got good news for you. If you hadn't seen this verse, James chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. First thing I want to point out is that in order to have wisdom, we have to ask. And asking implies what? a recognition that we don't know everything that we need to know, that we don't have the wisdom that we need in order to get the results that we're seeking after. So implied here is an act of humility. It's an act of coming under. It's an act of saying, I don't have it, but I know someone who does. I don't know how to get this result, but I know someone who does know how to get this result, and I'm going to humble myself admitting to him that I don't know what to do here, but he does, and would, he, would you please show me, would you please give me the wisdom that I need? And notice that when we ask of God, when it says, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, the King James Version says, upbraideth not, um, and it will be given to him. I like what the message translation says here, that he'll do it without condescension or without condescending. I don't know if you've ever began a question with the statement, this may seem like a dumb question. Have you, have you ever asked a question, but before you ask it said, I know this may sound like a dumb question, and then we ask the question. Why do, we, why do we say this may sound like a dumb question? It's because we're concerned that whoever we ask is going to look down upon us for not knowing the answer. That's the condescending part. That's the upbraiding part. That's, that's the reproach part, without reproach. He gives wisdom without reproach. In other words, he's not going to look at you and say, you mean you don't know that? 
Are you kidding me? You don't know what to do next. He, 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 that's not ever going to be his attitude. He's not ever going to respond to you, you know, in, in a condescending way if you ask. And notice also that not only does he give without condescension, but he gives liberally. Liberally. Now, if, if you are a, a politically minded person, you may be thinking like conservatives and liberals, okay? Um, what he's saying here is that he gives generously. Our, our God is not only a giver, he is a generous giver. Let me say it another way. You, you may ask him for wisdom in one area, and he just go ahead and throw in th wisdom in three or more areas while you ask him. In other words, amen. He, he, it's not like, well, okay, but you know, you're just about to reach your wisdom budget for the month. You know, don't, don't be coming back before the end of the month with something else. No, he, he's like, he dispenses it. He's, he's eager to give you wisdom. It honors him when you ask him for wisdom. What parent among us is not honored when their children say, hey, dad, what would you do in this situation? Hey, dad, if you were me, how would you handle this? Hey, Dad, I got this uh, situation here that I'm trying to figure out what I need to do, and I'm not really sure. That, it's not like, are you kidding me? Are you really bothering me with this? No, we're like, it's, it's one of the greatest honors of a, of a father or a mother could ever have. It's, it's for their children to recognize that, that they have wisdom, amen, and, and, and for their, their children to ask you know, their thoughts, their, their uh, mindset on something. Amen, right? It's, it's, let me tell you what it, why, why it's so honorable. It's honorable, number one, that your children are giving you that place in their life. It's honorable, number two, that, that you're recognizing that your children aren't so full of themselves and so arrogant to think that they know it all, right? Amen, because if we've learned anything throughout our lives, we've learned that a humble heart, you know, a teachable spirit are some of the most precious and beautiful things that, that, that a person could ever develop in their life. And so to, to, to be honored by asking, you know, a, a child asking you, but then also to recognize that your children still have a teachable heart, and a teachable spirit, um, it's, 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 a, it's a beautiful thing. Amen. And, and, it's, and it's the same way for our Heavenly Father. When we ask, we're communicating to Him that we don't know and, and are eager for Him to teach us. And that, that kind of attitude towards God uh, it, it, it enables him, remember he resists the proud, but he gives help to the humble. The humble get the help. The humble get the help. Amen. So if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Amen. Now, there's, we could talk the rest of the day and tonight just on this one verse right here. Remember what Jesus said. Ask and it'll be uh, given, knock, and it'll be open. Seek, and you will find. Um, remember what the Holy Spirit said to us through James. You have not. Why? Because you ask not. And so, we, you know, this attitude that, you know, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll find a way to get it to me, that's not going to cut it. Um, it's, it. It requires humility on our part, and it, and it requires asking. Amen. But if we ask, he will give generously, without condescension. The principal thing that we all need, the one thing that is the most important factor as far as how a thing turns out than any other factor. All right? So here's my question. When is the last time you asked Father for wisdom?
Amen. When is the last time you asked him for wisdom? And what I would encourage you to do is, since it's the principal thing, you need to put this at the top of your prayer list. This needs to be the thing that, that you know, um, obviously Jesus gave us a, an example, a model prayer to follow. And it begins with uh, hallowing, uh, recognizing that we're coming to him as a, as a father uh, and, and then giving him the place in our lives that, that he deserves. Um, but somewhere very close to the top, you know, after that, as you're praying, you need to ask him for wisdom. I know this may sound odd. Is prayer a factor? But it's not the principal factor. Am I the only one that's ever feel like, felt like and feels like even this morning? I need wisdom when it comes to praying. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? As important as prayer is, you know, Father, I'm, I'm coming to you now to spend some time in prayer. Sir, would you please give me wisdom on how to pray right and how to pray correctly and how to pray effectively? Remember, the disciples watched Jesus. Jesus would pray and Jesus would get results. They were men of prayer, but I'm sure like some of us, you know, they'd pray and maybe never really see much happen and that sort of thing. And so notice they said, hey, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? It wasn't that they'd never prayed before. It wasn't like, you know, we've never ridden a bike before. Would you teach us how to ride it? It's just Jesus could do double backflips on his bicycle and they could just, you know, they're like, would you teach us how to ride like you're riding? Would you teach us how to pray like you're praying? See, notice, because why? All that was born of, again, results. So even when it comes to praying, we need wisdom on how to pray effectively, how to pray correctly, how, how to, to, to do it right, in other words. So when is the last time you ask Father for wisdom. And I'm just going to encourage you, please, uh, make the pursuit of wisdom. Remember what David uh, told Solomon? He's, he said uh, that you need to pursue wisdom like the young man pursues money and like the young man pursues the young lady. Amen. Right? There was, he's, he's giving us something to compare it to that, you know, young man trying to, you know, get out on his own or whatever, what have you, you know, man, he'd be working three or four jobs, you know, then he finds a young lady, you know, um, we were, dad's birthday was yesterday, and we was, we were talking about, um, in those days, uh, dad actually lost a job, not because he wasn't a good worker, but because he wasn't married. And in, and in those days, um, they, they, the attitude was the married men need the jobs. and wasn't a lot of jobs. And, and, um, and uh, so he actually did not have a job when, him, when mom and dad married, right? And uh, mom was talking about how much money he had in the bank. And dad looked at her and kind of grinned. He said, well, I actually had twice that amount, but I spent the other half on your wedding ring. Amen. Right? Got married on a Saturday. Now that he's married, guess what? Got a job on Monday. You follow what I'm saying? Amen. But you've got that, that pursuit. What's that song? When a man loves a woman, right? And, 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 so he, and so David trying to inspire Solomon to, to pursue wisdom, right? He says, look, like you would go after money, like you would go after wealth, like you would go after the young lady. You, you need to pursue wisdom like this. Now, he began to teach Solomon these things when Solomon was very young. And of course, if you remember when Solomon 
became king, the Lord came to him and he said, basically one wish, right? Whatever you ask me for right now, I'll give it to you. And Solomon said, I want wisdom. I want wisdom so that I might be an effective leader for your people. And Father says, you could have asked me for fame, you could have asked me for fortune, you could have asked me for uh, a peace in your kingdom, all these things you could have asked me for. Again, are all those things factors? <laughs> but he said, you asked me for wisdom because you asked me for wisdom and not these other things. I'm going to give you wisdom and all those other things as well. To show you what, what God's wisdom can do in a person's life, do you realize in Israel during Solomon's reign that they stopped counting the silver? There was so much of it. There was so much silver. They're like, man, just put it over there somewhere. I don't know. You know, we, we got so much gold, we don't really have any place to keep the silver now. Now watch this very carefully. Come on, I'm, I'm winding down. Let, I want you to think for a moment. The Bible doesn't say this specifically. I think there's enough clues, though, for us to connect the dots. You ask the Lord about it. But here, here, is, here is what I believe the Holy Spirit has shown me about this. Had David not trained Solomon to seek wisdom above all else, do you think God would have given him the opportunity to make that one choice? Nowhere else in Scripture do we have God coming to an individual and saying, whatever you ask, one thing, I'll give it. Nowhere else in Scripture. I mean, absolute, I mean, please, I mean, no disrespect. Please don't be offended by this, but it's like, it's like a kid's fairy tale. You know, somebody finds the bottle and rubs the bottle and out pops the genie and the, and, and the genie. In this case, three wishes, you know. That's just all make-believe fantasy. Here, you have the creator of the universe standing there in front of Solomon. Whatever you ask, one thing, I'll do it right now. I do not believe he would have been given that opportunity. I don't believe he would have been given that option had he not been prepared for it earlier in life. Yes, you follow what I'm saying? Because he was trained to, to, to ask for wisdom above all else, he was given the opportunity to ask for it above all else. Does that make sense? See, it goes back to the point that I'm trying to make. The attitude of our heart towards these things has everything to do with, what, with whether or not we receive them, see them, receive them, uh, you know, uh, from the Lord. We speak the wisdom among those who are mature. If Solomon had been so immature to have asked for a Ferrari before the automobile was ever created, I'm not, if he says anything you ask, you see what I'm saying? I mean, he could have asked for an Apple computer. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm being goofy, silly, I know, but I'm just saying, whatever, right? That would have been very immature. Notice he, he was mature enough to know what the principal thing was in life. Wisdom. 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 Amen. Sing as musicians, come on, praise God. I keep getting to this point, and amen. We're going to move past it. We'll get past it tonight. We'll, we'll dig in a little deeper, but here, here is the, here's the 
the key thing that I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to us, all right? Some of us are stuck. You understand what I mean by stuck? We're, we're stuck at a place in life and, and we're, tr we're trying to, to move beyond that place. The wisdom of God will unstick you. Amen. We said it earlier, you're wanting different and better results than what you've been getting in life. You want better and different results in your marriage, better and different results raising your children, better and different results in your finances, better and different results in your health, better and, and, and different results um, in, in the ministry that, that Father has for you, better and, and different results in, in, the, in the dreams that, that he's put in your heart. We just go on and on. There's not a subject that you can name that has anything to do with life and living that our Father doesn't already have huge amounts of wisdom. Huge amounts of wisdom. Stuff that you've never tapped into. Stuff you've never heard or seen before. That He's just waiting to download into you. Amen? Amen. Stand with me this morning. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Just as you're standing there, the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I believe this morning that as, as we have talked about faith, from, I'm, I'm sorry, as we've talked about wisdom from the Word of God, that it has stirred up faith in your heart to believe for it. It's, it's stirred up faith in, in, in your heart to ask um, uh, Father uh, for wisdom uh, in your life and receive it by faith. Amen? Is, uh, yes? Anybody? Yes? Okay. Amen. So let's, so let's, let's do that now. Let's, let's release our faith now for wisdom. Amen? I want you to pray after me. Father God, I come to you now humbly before you in the name of Jesus and in accordance to your word. I ask you this morning for wisdom, wisdom for my life, wisdom for my family, wisdom for my future. Father, you know everything there is to know about me and my life and where I am right now. But you also, Father, know where I'm headed and the life that you created me to live. I ask you now for your wisdom to get me from where I am now to where you desire for me to be. And I believe now that I receive it now in Jesus' name. And I thank you for wisdom. Your wisdom in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father, you heard this prayer. And I believe it touched your heart. 
Lord, when your people recognize that you know things we don't know and you want to help us get results that we can't get with the level of wisdom that we have right now. And so, Father, I thank you that you're a generous giver. And I thank you, Father, that you don't look down upon us, but you come underneath, Lord, to build us up and to lift us up, to promote us, to, 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 to exalt us, literally, Father. And so we thank you for your wisdom. Father, wisdom to pray. Lord, wisdom to ask. Your word says in Romans 8, when we don't know how to pray as we ought to get the result that we need, that you'll even come and pray through us. Groanings that can't be uttered in articulate speech, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that you have the answers that we need this morning. And we respond to you with a humble and open heart. Ready, Father. Lord, like a, like a soldier standing at attention, hand above the eye and salute, waiting for your command, waiting for you to show us what to do next and giving us the faith that we need to step out on wisdom that doesn't come from this world, but wisdom that comes from you. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's sing together before we're dismissed this morning. If you'd like someone to pray with you, these altars are open. We invite you to come. Amen. Let's just spend a moment in His presence and allow the Holy Spirit an opportunity to work in our hearts. Praise God. Go ahead.